Are you craving incredible song recitals? Are you interested in a behind-the-scenes view into professional song making at the highest levels of artistry? Are you looking to develop your own artistic and entrepreneurial skills as a classical musician in this ever-changing 21st century landscape? If you found yourself saying yes to any of those questions, look no further than Cincinnati Song Initiative's week-long program, The Fellowship of the Song. Taking place this year from May 19 through 26, The Fellowship brings together some of the country's brightest song performers and teachers for a week of classes, concerts, and study events. And we invite you to join us as an auditor, either in person in Cincinnati or online wherever you may be located. When you join the fellowship as an auditor, you gain instant access to the entire week's events and can go back and relive the magic through HD video recordings of each and every session. To learn more about this incredible new opportunity, visit CincinnatiSongInitiative.org slash audit. This is Song Cycle, where we gab with cool people who bring their innovative ideas and projects to life to contribute to a more vibrant society through song. I'm your host, Sam Martin, founding artistic director of Cincinnati Song Initiative. Let's get into it. Whether it's performers with amazing stories from the stage, entrepreneurs and administrators who work tirelessly to push our industry forward in exciting ways, composers with an eye toward the future of song, or anybody else in this big community, I want to hear from them and share their stories with you. Okay, friends of the Song Cycle podcast, just when I think I cannot be any more starstruck by a guest of mine, here we have... Dr. Shauna Pevelo joining me today uh, for April's edition of Song Cycle, and uh, it's my pleasure to introduce him just a little bit, and I encourage you all to read his full uh, biography that is so unbelievably impressive on his website. Grammy-nominated artist Shauna Pevelo is a critically acclaimed and award-winning composer. Among other praises, the press has described his music as devastatingly beautiful, Fresh and new and fearless, searing, dreamy, sensual, and powerful. Some honors include the 2022 Academy of Arts and Letters Walter Hinrichen Award, the first place winner of the 2020 American Prize in Composition in the Professional Wind Band Division, and the inaugural awardee of the Leslie Adams Robert Owens Composition Award. Pebelo's music has been featured in recital and concert series in nearly every U.S. state and all over the world. PBS NewsHour and radio broadcasts across the country, including NPR's All Things Considered, NPR's Morning Edition, Sirius XM's Living American series on Symphony Hall Channel, and Chicago's WFMT have highlighted Pebelo's music. And NPR selected his art song, The Rain, as one of the 100 best songs of 2021, with only a few classical works to make the ranking. As a pedagogue, Apebolo has given master classes at many academic institutions worldwide, including two universities in Nigeria, and has served on the faculty of summer music festivals. His research interests have been a gateway for ethnomusicological fieldwork in both East and West Africa, resulting in compositions, transcriptions, and academic lectures. 
He earned his master's and doctoral degrees in composition from the College Conservatory of Music right here in Cincinnati and has studies in film scoring from New York University through the Buddy Baker Film Scoring Program. Growing up, a significant part of his music education was through the Salvation Army Church, where he regularly received free music lessons. Inspired by that altruism, Apebolo is passionate about music outreach to underserved communities. Currently, he is Jonathan Blanchard Professor of Music Composition at Wheaton College Conservatory of Music in Illinois. He is also in residence with the Chicago Opera Theater through the 2023 season, culminating with the premiere of his first opera, The Cook-Off, with librettist Mark Campbell. He lives in Wheaton, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago, with his wife, Violus Dorothy, and his daughters, Eva and Corinne. Welcome, Shauna Pebolo. It is so great to be chatting with you once again. Thank you. Thank you. You are always a good person to chat with. Uh, what y'all don't know is that, you know, every time I'm in Cincinnati or he's in Chicago, it's, it's you know, hopefully we can hang out because he's, you know, uh, Sam's just a great, great hang, which is nice. <laughs> It's so wonderful that you have some roots here in Cincinnati and you have family down the road in Lexington. We're just grateful that you, you know, roll on through here every once in a while. Oh, I love it. And I spent five years in Cincinnati and, and I've I've grown to love the city. It's funny. I moved to Chicago and then uh, and I didn't return back to Cincinnati for a long time. But then when I went back, they just like gentrified tons of places. I, I mean, obviously, that's controversial, but I'm like, whoa, this is. Yeah. This is not the Cincinnati I remember. Uh, yeah. A lot of new things to do all over the city. It's a cool place. And it's even changed since I've been here. And I imagine it's changed a lot since you were here. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so anyway, enough about that. Let's get to know you. Uh, for anybody who wasn't lucky enough to catch our Composers and Cocktails episode with Sean, which seems and feels like, oh my gosh, like, a, a millennia ago but that was yeah. during the covid yeah. era yeah yep yep if i remember correctly you you were a white sangria guy that was your cocktail of choice <laughs> yeah because you know it's, it's 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 funny the um uh you know the last trip i took before the pandemic was uh -huh. to spain um you, you know uh, it, where, where 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 i had that and um you know and then that was like i don't know maybe october and then you know March, the whole world shut down, you know? Yep. Yep. And so Sangria was on the mind. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, so here we are once again, a couple years later. So it's going to be good to catch up and, and see where things are at these days. So, um, Sean, let's start with, like, let's dial it way back. Let's, let's talk about, you're obviously an incredible composer, world-renowned. Tell us a little bit about your, your musical upbringing and who were some of your influences? I mean, did you did you play any instruments before you became a composer? How how did the early part of your musical uh, career and journey look? Yeah, it was kind of unique um, in a way. I guess we all have unique stories, but you know, I uh, you know grew up you know you know poor and government housing in the projects of Lexington, Kentucky, and you know single mom, you know working several jobs to take care of my sisters and me. And uh, the Salvation Army church bus came to our neighborhood one day um, to, you know, take the kids to do like this Boy Scout, Girl Scout type program, you know, mm -hmm. um, every Wednesday. And so, um, you know, we got on that bus and my mom was, 
very overprotective for good reason. She got on that bus with us, and I don't know these people, huh? you know. <laughs> and, and so, and so we would we would uh, we went there for a while, and then uh, we had to get some sort of like you know Bible badge, a church badge. And Salvation Army is a church. Many people just know it as a uh, you know social organization, ringing bells at Christmas time, homeless or natural disasters. But it's a church. So, so. Um, uh, to get this certain badge, we had to go to this to to, to, to the Salvation Army Church. Now, now the Salvation Army um, uh, has probably one of the largest music traditions of any like you know modern ecumenical you know denomination. You know, mm-hmm. uh, rooted in brass band music, um, right? Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm like seven or eight years old, and you know, going to this church where. Uh, they give my sisters and me an instrument to play, you know, which was bigger than me. I played a baritone horn, which, you know, was bigger than me. And, and so, <laughs> so we had, like, I had world-class musicians at my church, you know, mm-hmm. and I got free music lessons through the Salvation Army, uh, through, uh, you know, uh, through, through high school. Um, you know, James Kerno, who some of your listeners will know, was one of the most prominent composers of wind band music, um, you know, very international. He went to my church and he would, um, I, I remember I wrote this like little arrangement of, of this hymn one Sunday and, and he says, uh, and he's also a euphonium player, which is, that's what I played. He says, Sean, you know, you're sounding really good on euphonium. You know, how about I give you some, some euphonium lessons? And so he did uh, for, for, you know, for a while. Anytime he was in town, he would give me free lessons, you know, and that lasted for about, you know, two months or so. And, 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 and I said, <laughs> and, and I said, I said, Mr. Kerno, you know, I really appreciate you giving me euphonium lessons, but could you give me accomplishing lessons? And he says, Oh, I'd much rather do that anyway. And, uh, Oh my and gosh. So, wait, wait, wait. I so let, wait, I, I just got to ask you. So, I mean, so you that quickly slipped into composition. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I was writing music, you know, um, five, six, seven years old, you know, and just, just, wow. I mean, I love the, I love the creative process. I mean, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was writing music and, and that yeah. hymn that I wrote was, I was think I was 11 or 12, you know, years old, but I wrote this, uh, this arrangement. And so around, I maybe 30, I'll say 13 years old, I, I give or take, uh, um, um, I started getting private lessons, um, uh, with this world class composer. Now, um, which is unusual. A lot of people start composition in college. They're, they're great trumpet players or great pianists mm-hmm. or great mm-hmm. singers. And says, so, you know, I want to write, I want to, I want to do composition. Um, but I actually started, you know, pretty young um, as, you know, a preteen or a teenager uh, getting formal composition training. Super fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And so you let the instruments drop off. Yeah. So it's funny. Um, uh, I, I am not a performer, you know. I mean, I was decent, you know. Um, uh-huh. and, and and this is this is something you probably don't know, but <laughs> when, I, when I went to college, um, I actually was a voice major because you have to have a performance instrument, you know. And so, um, uh, you know, so so th- there may or may not be a recording of me singing, you know, <laughs> Refiner's Fire, you know, at, at, from the Messiah somewhere, uh, uh, which is hilarious to me the fact that i sang that <laughs> I, um, I do i do remember this about you uh, but i'm really yeah, glad that you're telling everybody else yeah, but uh <laughs> but no i am i am one of those people that i'm literally just a composer uh, and i mean i'm envious of people who 
do it all, you know, who who regularly perform or um, but but I really devoted my time and energy and craft to really um, being a strong composer. Sure. I, I, I think that's really quite normal um, f- from from my observation. But I think what's unique and really special is that you hooked into it so, so early um, instead of having that pivot away from an instrument in college or grad school as a performer. So, I mean, of course, like you said, no, no, no one way to do it. And everybody's story is unique, right. but I think that is, that's really interesting. Um, and, and so fortuitous that the composer was there for you to ask for lessons, even oh, uh, like word. he didn't, did he, did, did you, because as you've described it, it sounds like you were already interested in composing and he happened to be there. So you asked, or did he like straight up just give you the inspiration? And that's when you decided you wanted to learn composing. It's funny. Like I was in the composition and he was just a, to me, a normal parishioner at my church. I didn't realize how famous he was until like, (laughs) you know, I'm in, I'm in like, I'm in like, you know, sixth grade band and like, you know, they're passing out his music, you know, I'm like, (laughs) He goes yeah. to my church and then like, oh, everyone plays his music all over the world, you know? And, you know, and he is amazing. I mean, you know, I still send him stuff, you know, um, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's probably close to 80 years old now, um, but he is amazing, still composing, still conducting, still active. And I, and, mm-hmm. and, and he's, uh, you know, he supports what I do. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, you have these people that come in your life, like he didn't have to do this, you know, Um, I mean, he didn't, um, but, but, but he, but he said, you know, I see something in this young kid that can't afford lessons. I can act, we can afford music lessons, you know, and, and and I'm going to invest some time And, and he did and it made all the difference. It's confounding to think of how many people have stories like that and Mm -hmm confounding in a good way because it's so inspirational right. and it's so special and it, it just goes to show that there is so much goodwill out there and to think about how that alters people the course of people's lives right. i mean it makes my it blows my mind yeah, right right you know um yeah i mean i i get emotional thinking about it this kid you yeah. know you know from the from the projects and and literally in the past two or three months, I've had, you know, a Carnegie Hall performance, you know, two Kennedy Center performances, two Kimmel Center performances, a Met, you know, uh, you know, a, uh, you know, uh, art museum performances, performances just in the last three months, right. you know, you know, these right. premieres, that, 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 you know, that are happening and, and it's not, it was, it's not supposed to be like that for people like me. And, and, um, um, and, and, and so I, I get really, uh, I just moved that, that, you know, you all can affect people, you know, you, you know, just give some time and some, you know, some love and some, you know, encouragement, you know, you can really alter lives. Right. Right. And the results or the, you know, reaping what one sows right. might not show itself mm-hmm. immediately. Oh, no, that's, no. That's no reason to stop mm-hmm. giving oneself and mm-hmm. investing in people that you believe right. in. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible, incredible origin story there. So how did you come to the world of song? It's interesting. <laughs> if you had told me, I don't know, a decade ago, um, that I'll be this like song composer, you know, um, 
I mean, I write songs, you know, or I'm actually, you know, um, or maybe maybe 15 years ago. I mean, I, I've written songs, but but I'm I, I mean, I'm an instrumental composer, right? I write for orchestras, I write for band, I write for you know chamber ensembles. Um, so so it's another thing how how it's another kind of amazing thing how how you're you don't know your life's path, you know, especially in the arts. It's it's all, you know, it's it's crazy, which is a beautiful thing. But but so. When I was in college, in grad school, um, you know, I, you know, wanted to explore the music of my father and the music of my mother. Now, my father um, was a Nigerian immigrant, um, and so that took me to, you know, explore, you know, my Nigerian roots, which I did later in life, and um, and that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> But the music of my mother um, and a black American, you know, that comes from, you know, Negro slave songs, spirituals. So I started reimagining these spirituals, you know, in a way that I guess you would call them arrangements. I don't like that term because they're reimaginations. And and, and I treated them um, as if I were writing art song. Okay, Mm. so my world of song came through reimagining these spirituals because an art song simply you know, the simple definition, you know, you know, music to poetry, you know, and these spirituals, yeah. you know, the words, it was poetry. It told a story. Yeah. It was a narrative, yeah. you know, and so, so that's how I got into song. And then so, so, so you were just off to the races. What? You got connected with singers? Yes. Yeah, so I have, you know, I have no shame. I will just ask people to, to collaborate. And so Will Liverman, um, before I went to Juilliard, he did his undergrad at Wheaton Conservatory where I taught. Now, we didn't overlap, but when I got there, you know, people were like, oh, Will Liverman, Will Liverman. Will... I'm like, who's Will Liverman? You know? Uh, uh, but, you know, I-, I looked him up and he was great. I and mean, he was at the Ryan Center at, at that time. And he's a phenomenal artist. I mean, y'all know Will. Um, and so, you know, I was, it was my first CD project. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I have these spirituals that I reimagine. You, you know, how about you want to do, do you want to do this project with me? And uh, he said yes, okay. And then, and then um, I was at a salon concert. Just this guy, this you know, um, this benefactor of the arts. You know, he invites artists to his, you know, his beautiful home, and and you know, they would just sing. And mm-hmm. and he invited me, and Janae Bridges was there and singing. And afterwards, I'm like, I'm in the middle of this album. Um, do you want to be on this album? I can write two duets with you and, you know, well, she's like, yes. They're, they're, so, 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 I, so I am, I've approached Janae Bridges and Will Liverman in the young artist stage, right? And I mean, they were phenomenal, obviously, back then. And they just blew up. And so, so we did this album. It was, I love the album. It's still my baby. Uh, I love it. And then, uh, you know, years, years later, uh, we said let's do this again, and, you know. And at that time, they 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 could have said easy. They they said no because they've already they're singing at the mat and they're they're doing their thing all over the world, you know. They, you know they, they said they, they could have said no, you know. I, I, they said no, let's let's do it again. And and the album uh, uh, got nominated for a Grammy. Who knew, you know? Um, yeah. Um, wow. But 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 uh, but yeah. So I so I paired with artists. And by the way, that's the best thing to do. That is the best thing you do. You know, um, uh, you know, people ask me, you know, you may even ask me this question later on, but I'm going to answer it now. P- people, people will ask me when I give master classes, you know, um, you know, w- w- what are, 
what are some advice you give young composers? And it's to me, it's so simple. Two things. Mm-hmm. One, be kind. Just be a nice person. Two, mm-hmm. develop meaningful mm-hmm. friendships. And that has really impacted my career because I've made friends with these musicians and not only and it's not transactional it's not it's not like I'm your friend because you're going to sing my music it's it's one of those things where we can create no. art together no. and it's fun uh, it's more meaningful um and yeah it's it, yeah and and so and, so, and, and that's what that's what I've done so I've connected with singers um and, and and not just singers you know um I'm a collaborative pianist because I don't call you know my you know you know my art songs you know they're duets you know, you know, yeah, you know, the, the, the pianist, <laughs> and you know, this, the pianist, you know, is, you know, they're part of the narrative too, you know, and I'm intentional with that. And, and these friends, especially pianists, uh, these friends uh, who I love dearly, I'm sure they cuss me out while they're, while, while they're, while they're like practicing, like, <laughs> like what are you thinking, Sean? What are you thinking? We lo- love you, love you for it. So much would rather have a meaty, piano part than than not so good on you that's great and i i take your point so wholeheartedly about being kind and in investing and mm-hmm. in developing friendships because uh from a project perspective you never know you know it's that old adage that you know you'll wind up in the same room as people that you were you know interacting mm-hmm. with for better yeah. or for worse years ago so you might as well you might as well be kind um, in that moment, but also, and more largely and more on, on a human level, like you said, um, just to develop those beautiful connections and have music and art be the yeah. And so, like, so it's funny there. when I was when I was at CCM, my first song cycle I wrote, I wrote it for a classmate of mine, uh, and Tammy, a mm-hmm. brilliant singer, but she but she was she was, she was you know just <laughs> Tammy, you know. I didn't know Tammy Emerald uh-huh. Wilson Just Tammy. singing Aida at the Met, you know? <laughs> so, so, and, 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 and so it's, so, you know, I, I was just brilliant back then, but it's, so I tell people, students, don't write for Yo-Yo Ma, write for the next Yo-Yo Ma, who could be in your music history class, like, your, you know, next, next to you, you know? That is, that is amazing advice. Don't write for Yo-Yo Ma, right. write for the next right. Yo-Yo Ma. Yeah. Amazing. That's it. That's it. Oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I, 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 I love that. My, my first song cycle was with Tammy, <laughs> and, it, and she and she killed it. She killed I mean, it. You know, it's like oh, oh you know, it, 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 yeah. It's so I'd love to see just see her brilliant career. Absolutely incredible. So, um, I have a question for you, and you can go at this either sort of like as a you know compositionally speaking, or even as like an audience member, but like. For you, what what is at the core of a song that has like a a real impact on you, and and if you're trying to sort of recreate that when you're composing, um, what is it that you're focused on when you're going through the creative process of writing a song to, uh, you know, on the composer end, create that moment that an audience member. This may not be answering questions, so you can just you re- redirect me, but 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 um. And this is, I've said this before, this is a probably controversial statement as a composer that I'm saying um, this, but if text is involved, text becomes the most important part, okay? So I do not even think about the melody, mm-hmm. harmony, 
form, structure, anything until I feel like I can connect to the poem. Okay, if the poet's if the poet is alive, I will mm. have you know uh, him or her uh, read the poem uh, out loud. You know, record it on their iPhone and um, different ways. Um, I will ask uh, the, the person questions. I will read it out loud in the mirror. You know, I will get my try to find my own interpretation. Um, I will try to put myself in the context of the poem for or or mm. you know, so like spirituals. You know, I try to put myself in the context of when it was written. Um, which is a dark time. Um, if the composer, if, if, sorry, if the poet is uh, dead, I will, you know, try to get my own interpretation. I will read commentary. You know, I work at a university. Um, and so uh, right. I, I'll go, you know, to my colleagues in the English right. department and say, you know, and said, you know, help me understand this poem, you know? And, and, and so um, it's wow, not until I great. feel like I fully, like the poem, the poem is in me. I can, I can probably never fully understand it, but the, the poem the, the poem is in me enough. Um, th- then I start to write, you know, um, and that's and that's when, that's when I have uh, a melodic wow. idea or or harmonic idea. And so people will say, so 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 do you know you know were you thinking of the melody, the motive? It's like no, I'm not I'm not thinking about any anything, you know. Um, I just want to understand the poem. And so it's funny. I I I'll have students, you know, yeah. You know, I'm a professor. I teach composition and students will write art songs and I'm like tell me, tell me about the poem and they just like some of them will, will just like not it's a, it's, a, it's a very surface level you know explanation oh it's about you know birds yeah. and whatever I'm like so what is the you know what is it about and I get so frustrated I'm like I'm like how are you going to like right. do this poem justice you know first of all you're not making the poem better you know by you know that poem doesn't need your music Right, you know, um, and, and and so and so, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a part of my creative process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really, uh, really trying to engage the poem in such a very deep and meaningful way. That is profound. And do you think? I mean, as a listener, put yourself in an audience member's shoes. Do you, and you're listening to a composition? Do you think that you get when another composer has sort of? digested the poem in that same way or do you think this well, is a very I, I personal don't want to talk about the composers <laughs> but um i mean there are times because i'm not perfect as a composer but there are times when i when i, when I, when I listen to an, an art song um and um and i wonder you know um how much attention the composer paid to the po- to the poem you know um I, I yeah I I I, I wonder mm-hmm. um, um, because you know because because I I think I think it's central I mean you, you know to 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 you know to this art form you know um, um, yeah and it's funny on the flip side you know when I compose you know and people will have some sort of deep you know connection or mood by something I write an art song sometimes I feel like a fraud I'm like listen. It's the poetry, you know. It really, yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. You know, so, so, so I, so when someone really just like just loves my music, art song, you know, I don't, um, I, I will never say mm-hmm. it's just me as a composer. It's this marriage between my music and this and this poem. Um, that makes perfect sense. So, all right, you shared your your advice that you really give to young composers or people that you're working with. Um, 
where where do you see art song in this country in America headed? Um, and you know, mm. if this opens a can of worms for you, let's go. Cause yeah, um, I have some ideas. I'd love to hear yours. Um, I know you just wrapped up a huge project um, earlier this year with our friends at Sparks and Wiry Cries. And um, for example, that piece was very um, rooted from what I know of it. I mean, very rooted mm-hmm. in yeah. real stories. Well, let me ask you a question. First of all, I am super excited about Art Song. Okay. Um, and that's, um, and I was just talking about this. Um, I think to Martha, who, who runs Sparks, with Erica, um, uh, I, I, mentioned, I mentioned you, CSI, Sparks, you know, these organizations who are like, you know, you know, you know, making art songs sexy again, you know, and um, <laughs> because, because what art song can do is you can perform it in a huge hall, okay, but you can also perform in such an intimate setting, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. And, and, and it's personal, it can tell a story, you know, um, people, people, can, people can, can, can connect to it. Um, you know, I just finished my first opera, and that's fun. I love it, and, you know, I had a great time. But you can also do this at a much smaller scale with art song. I truly, truly um, believe that there's going to be this reemergence um, of 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 art song. So um, I just had a a a, a premiere, um, a world premiere with Larry Brownlee at at, at Carnegie. Um, well, actually, he performed it everywhere. He he toured with it. Um, but on that on on this concert, on this recital, a concert, uh, he commissioned you know five composers um, um, to write several art songs each. We we all set you know poetry from the Harlem Renaissance. And Sam, it was just like extraordinary. I'm like, is this the future of an art song? Now, of course, you know, Larry can do anything with his voice. Like, he's a freak, you know? But, like, but the works were so mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, is this, is this the future? And there were, there, were, there were, you know, gripping ones. There were joyful ones. There were, like, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was incredible, you know? And so, so I'm very, very hopeful, really am. Yeah. I, I sure hope that that's the, the future of song in this country. And I think between sort of American poetry coming of age and also I think there's somewhat of a, I, I think there's a lot of different factors going on right now. Speaking to the small and intimate nature of song and how well that genre, the song genre, excels in the small and intimate spaces as opposed to other art forms or genres of classical music. I think that is sort of sociologically contributing to the successes of song now, because I think a lot of things are becoming more localized and things are being produced in smaller spaces. So even from that perspective, uh, which kind of isn't even necessarily about art song, it's like art song is a beneficiary of these trends or these cultural shifts that are occurring in the classical music industry. In addition to the fact that like, you know, the five new premieres by Larry and other songs in this country I'm seeing so often are so deeply personal either to the composer and the poet, or they are a commentary on something quite um, scintillating in our 
zeitgeist these days. It's there. I see so few songs now that are just plucked randomly from a, from an existing poem right. that has nothing to do with anything that we're going through. And, you know, I love songs from the 17 and 1800s and Myra Huang and I talked about this last month. There really mm-hmm. is nothing better than a healthy balance of more traditional repertoire with brand new repertoire on a concert. But man, when I tell you that like so many songs mm-hmm. from back then are straight up just love songs, mm-hmm. which is beautiful, but, but in a contrasting way, so many songs that are written today in this country, I find have a searing message and it's not all doom and gloom, but right. they are very, very viscerally right. connected to something real that's going on in our society, in our culture, in our zeitgeist. And I think that is what is really getting people's attention because they see themselves, their communities and their world and their 21st century lives reflected in these songs. Yes. It, yes. I, I mean, I mean, I, you, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, that, yeah, I, I think we both kind of said the same thing in different words and that's just, I mean, that's, I, I, I agree with your sentiments. I was eager to hear your thoughts mm-hmm. Um, I'm totally on the same page as you in terms of feeling really hopeful. And I feel like Art Song has a real big seat at the table right. moving mm-hmm. forward with classical music in America. So um, g- great, great to hear your thoughts on that stuff. Well, so, so let's circle back. Tell us about, tell us a little bit about this recent project. Cause it's, you know, in such recent memory, the, the, um, Oh yes. The um, so yeah. Oh, th- oh, that was so powerful. Um, um, uh, Martha Guth, um, the AD of Sparks and Wiry Cries um, commissioned me a while ago um, to do this this song cycle based on um, uh, the the source material um, is based on poetry that's based on um, these runaway slave ads. Okay, and 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 I re- I remember uh, I was in my office. This was like I don't know. May 2021, um, it was a while ago, um, and I had just finished several pieces that dealt with black pain. You know, I'm like, I'm not, I, I'm, I need to do, I need, I need, I need to shift. And so yeah. uh, I almost said no to the project, okay? Mm-hmm. But something, because I didn't, I didn't really know Martha then, um, but, but, but something just spoke to me about this project. Um, well, not to mention, um, at that time, she, she proposed this rock star lineup of, of performers. Um, and by the way, I don't think they were even confirmed. I think Martha is like, like a brilliant administrator, you know, uh, a visionary hustler. I don't know what you call it. I'm like, cause not, you know, you can be a brilliant singer, but it, and so she made this happen, raised the money, won some big grants, mm-hmm. ma- developed partnerships. It was amazing. And so, you know, I'm so glad I did it because it was such a moving project and so even the creative process working with Titi Jaji um, a professor at Duke uh, you know and she she wrote some poems but she also curated um collected some other you know poems poems from living uh, living poets um th- just that creative process and then having come to life uh by the most incredible singers Rhiannon Giddens Will Liverman V Karen Slack who I love, I love them all. Um, Reginald Mobley. Um, it's funny. I'm like, countertenor scares me. I'm like, I don't know what. I don't know how to write for countertenor. My word! If, if you ever, if you ever have a chance to, to hear uh, Reggie sing, 
do it. And, he, and, he, and the composers, if if you have a chance to, to write for him, do it, you know. Um, and then uh, Howard Watkins at the pian- at piano, who who someone told me now. now it's so funny with, with Howard. Uh, you know, I you know I I I have my people that I go to for for for, for piano. You know, I, you know I have my people, yeah. and and you know, I, and I know I know of Howard uh, because of his reputation, but several people say you know Howard can play anything. Howard can play anything, and I'm like, okay, sure. I mean, I, I believe it. I mean, he's a good you know, um, you know, a lot, a lot of pianists can play anything, right? But right, man. Right. <laughs> Not only That's can he, anything with the capital A. Yes. Not only <laughs> can he play anything, but he brings out so like so much color from an instrument that's so like like homogenous, right? Like how can you it's like, what are you doing? Like it's incredible. Incredible. But here's the thing though. Not only is he just like an amazing musician, he's a nice person. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, and, but, but everyone that, that collaborated with, and, you know, in, 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 in this project, they were just nice people. But it's so great to work with these people at the highest level. They're at the highest level. And yeah. you can hang with them. And you can joke the, with them. The best. And so the and best. so, so that, that, that piece was premiered at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. It sold out, sold out crowd. And then it was, and then a repeat performance. Um, uh, a week later at the Kimmel Center in Philadelphia, a different crowd, but it was probably one of my most moving experiences of my own music that, 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 that I've had. It, it was, it was just, it was so amazing. It's, it looked so amazing. Um, I just really wanted to hear you describe it and it's so inspirational and we love Martha and Erica mm-hmm. and everything that Sparks and Wiry Cries does you know they are such pioneers and trailblazers and they're so inspirational each individual that is part of that team and the organization as a whole and so huge shout out to them yeah. we love them um but it just looked like an yeah. absolute like banger when, of a when, it, when it was happening I'm like is this real is this like what's going on here? <laughs> you know, it's, right. and, and it's one of those things where I wrote the piece a while ago, um, and then like like you know a lot of my commissions you write and then you don't get to hear them. It could be months later before you hear them, so you kind of like forget what you did, mm-hmm. and then to have them come mm-hmm. to have it them your music come to life in such a just a transcendent way. Again, it's like yeah. what's happening here? Like I'm just. I'm I, I'm just incredibly blessed and lucky, and I don't take it for granted I, at all. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, any other stories or any other fun times you want to share with our worldwide audience here? So, working with Rhiannon Giddens, who, if any of y'all, uh-huh. just I'm sure you know who she is, but if you don't, just Google her, and you'll see she's just just brilliant, brilliant artist um, that can literally do anything, whether it's folk or classical or it's just anything. Well, so, right. so you know, part of my commission was to write for Rhiannon Giddens. I'm like, I don't know how to write for Rhiannon Giddens. I mean, I mean, let me just write a melody and say, Rhiannon, do your thing, you know. Um, so I decided to, you know, I was going to write an, an, an art song. How I, I'll, I'll stay in my lane, right? I'll just do what I think. I, I you know, and 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 Rhiannon being so versatile, she'll just, you know, do, you know, if she has to sing an opera, like, you know, she'll do it. 
And so, and so, uh, you know, uh, I, I meet Rhiannon, and she's and she says, um, "Sean, um, this song, I want to take it down an octave." And I'm and I'm in my mind, I'm thinking like, "Okay, um, that's not how I imagine it, but you know." Uh, um, and you're like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, Sam, she's so good. <laughs> and I was exploding on the inside. It was the most gorgeous thing ever. And she could have sing it up an octave, how I wrote it. She and 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 and, and, and this, you know, classical style easily. And you know, right. she could have done it easily. Right. And it would have been it would have been phenomenal. Right. But but being the consummate artist that she is, she's like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna reimagine you know just slightly what you did here. You know? And it was incredible you know i tell that story to say listen if you work with these world-class musicians sometimes just trust them you know you know yeah. trust them you know yeah. they, they 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 know you know um and so i, right. I, I yeah i i really love telling that story um because it, yeah it was so it was so gorgeous i, I remember i was with martha uh in a rehearsal uh, we were in the audience you know and, and she <laughs> rihanna just opened her mouth <laughs> with how and we're like what is going on here? <laughs> you know, um, another th- and, and, and another thing was um, so uh, I had the privilege of writing for for um, from Larry Brownlee, who, as y'all know, he can do like these acrobatics, pyrotechnics with his voice. I mean, like he, right. he a Rossini tenor that can just do anything. So I, I got this commission, you know, and the piece in the poem that I chose, you know, it was very sensual, you know, and 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 and, and so. I'm writing it in, in in the the tempo market. It's like quarter equals forty eight. It's very slow. So as I'm writing it, I'm like, "Am I wasting my? I'm like wasting my opportunity with Larry. I need to be doing something like crazy, just like to so do those things, you know." But I said, "No, no, 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 no. This is not what I'm feeling, and this is not what the poem is is is, is suggesting." And and so I, I I went with my instinct and wrote it wrote this poem uh, so so I wrote this a song for Larry slow, and and it was just so gorgeous and it's still very challenging because I had him sit up really high you know but mm-hmm. but but it's, it's, but but I, but but I tell that story because you know you know when you have these world class musicians collaborators you often tempted to say what can I do to like just really you know, have them just do these like acrobatics or 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 or, just, right. or, the, or these tricks they can do. You know, um, right. You know, it's right. best to write music that that's meaningful, that's sincere, and they're gonna still pull out their their magic. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. and um, yeah. and 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 so and so and 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 that and that, and that happened with with Larry and and and, and this in this art song, and it's just like the most gorgeous thing. You know, and and and, and it was. It, and even it was just so right for his voice, even though I was thinking like I was wasting my opportunity because I didn't have him do all of his like fun little Rossini stuff, you know? Yeah, that's that's that is a really great story, Sean, yeah. and a really um, a really cool perspective from to hear from a composer. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. To not 
you know, to, to fight with oneself, not really fight, but sure. go back oneself. Am no. I taking a quote unquote advantage of, of what, you know, a specific singer's, you know, so well-known gifts and talents, mm-hmm. right. But, um, to trust your process, your instinct, you probably ended up delivering the best song that you could have by trusting your instinct. I agree. And Larry, he uh, you know, brought what he can- <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, it's, it, it's 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 so simple it's like that can't be the answer but it's so simple and it's probably the most natural thing right 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 you know that's great i love it i love it this is fun dr o thank you so much for sitting down with me virtually of course thank you you know um i i always love talking to you uh we can't wait to welcome you to cincinnati sometime thank you i look forward forward to it thanks for having me And, and it was a great conversation very fun Always, always. All right, folks, uh, if you have any opportunity to hear Sean Pebelo's music, songs, or anything else, really, run, don't walk. Thank you so much. A huge thank you to Sean Pebelo for the laughs and the stories today. My biggest takeaway? Through all the noise in this industry, don't forget to be kind to others and nurture the relationships you have. You never know who you'll wind up writing music for in the future, or collaborating with, or working with. It could be something really special, made even better by your investment in quality relationships with other artists. What was your favorite part about this episode? Let me know when you rate, review, and subscribe this podcast. It's the best way to help the show reach other song lovers, and isn't that what it's all about? Catch new episodes of Song Cycle every fourth Thursday of the month, wherever you podcast. Song Cycle is a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative. You can learn more about its network of podcasts at cincinnatisonginitiative.org slash podcasts. That's all for now, songsters. We'll see you next time.